Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 6. As you remain standing for the reading of the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know, and I just come from a, a place in our world where there's so many different gods. And so, you know, so many people searching for God. India, and then I was there in Singapore for a little bit. <coughs> And man, especially in India, I think there's thousands upon thousands of gods that they have there. Uh, and there, there's so much percentages Hindu, the greater percentage is Hindu in India. Then they have Muslims and then also Christians. And they're able to somehow coexist. But during the, the rallies, and I'll, I'll mention more about it on Sunday. But during the, the time, you're able to see some of the pictures we put up here. Uh, we were having a three-day revival. And uh, a number of Hindus did get saved. And one family in particular, a whole family, just they got saved, saved, saved. I mean, transformed, you know. Uh, they didn't go to Victor Outreach. Some other church brought them. Because there, our church works in collaboration with other churches. And another pastor, I preached in his church on Sunday. He was bringing them. I thought he belonged to our church. And I was all like, all right. But then I went to go preach at his church on Sunday. And I said, oh, it's that family. But, they're, but he's doing a work for God. And God prophesied to their church. And God really moved. And God is moving in their church. As, as well as in Victory Outreach. But that family was really, uh, it drew my heart. In the way that they were, you know, former Hindus. And, and when I'm praying for them, a number of Hindus that were coming... Pastor Tony, by and large, you know, and he's a pastor, so I let it go, you know. He, he was making some of the people, and then he explained to me why. See, they come with their little dots, and they come with all kinds of trinkets and, 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 and bracelets and uh, ornaments, and they all stand for different gods. And he, he says, you got to take them off. So, you know, they can't listen to me, by and large. He has to, he has to translate. So uh, they have to listen to him, and he says, this guy will not pray for you unless you take all that stuff off. He tells them in their language, you know. And I, I didn't know I was a culprit, you know. I was like, you know. You know, later on he told me because I saw what they started going like this. Even even like like that. <laughs> the ladies wiping off their thing, you know, you know. But they'd come and they they'd come and they they were ready. They they wanted they just wanted prayer. God was doing so many miracles there. I mean, miracles were happening. We were getting healed, can touch left and right. Okay, so they saw the miracles, so they wanted to jump in on it. They said, "Hey, come on, pray for me, pray for me." And man, they'd have me praying. For a long time, man. Uh, I mean, they just big old line. You say, "I'm gonna pray for the sick, pray for the," you know, and, and they mob you. They don't, they don't make a line. They do not make a line. They, you know, they say, make a line. <laughs> they act like they don't hear. You know, they didn't hear the translator. You know, they just mob all around. And so one after another, and you know, and I guess it went on. I don't know. Uh, but God was doing heavy miracles. One of them would be sitting next to one, and they see the miracle happening right there in front of their eyes. So they, so they want to get in on it. And then when you pray for this one, you thought this one was the first in line. No, the other one crowded. That's the next one in line, you know. It was something else there in India. And again, I'll mention more pertaining to that on Sunday. Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and, and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased in the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Also Philip. Then names a number of them. Verse 6, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, 
did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Okay? Opposition arose, however, from members of the press and all that stuff, you know? Uh, these men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, lie, 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 and all that other stuff. My goodness, this is happening today too, huh? Yeah, it is. Father, I pray you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, greet one another in the love of the Lord, shake a few hands, spread a lot of love around, then you may be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> I want to be speaking here today, dealing with the portion of scripture that I just read there, but I want to zero in on, on Stephen. And uh, how many of you have ever taken the newcomer's class and, and you've studied there the gifts of the Spirit, right? And they have like 33 gifts, some people say 31, and, and Chuck Swindle says there's many gifts, and, and uh, uh, John MacArthur says he's many gifts, and C. Peter Wagner says no, but there's actually 34 gifts, and all these different gifts. Well, this... Tonight we're going to be speaking, and though I don't really mention it, but uh, uh, Stephen, the Bible says he was the first Christian what? Martyr, which is a gift. It's one of the 33 gifts that we have. Uh, somebody said, that's a gift you can only use at one time. <laughs> Oops, you know, it's like a bee sting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you can just use it once, but that's not true, you know, because it's just, the Bible says, as sparks fly upward, so is man, you know, uh, 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 destined for for trouble and suffering and trials and long sermons, all that stuff, hallelujah, uh, as sparks fly upwards. So in a sense, that's the gift of martyrdom. In other words, you can, you can take it, you, willing to take for the gospel's sake. And we find this here with this man. Years ago, we had a study uh, on Sunday mornings, and I would preach uh, uh, on the book of Acts, one chapter at a time. Okay, soon we're going to be going into Ephesians one verse at a time, verse by verse by, sometimes we'll cover four verses, sometimes one, sometimes seven, as many verses as we can. But in those days, back when, when we were on Western, uh, excuse me, in Sunset uh, High School, it's a high school now, when we were there, we would cover one chapter at a time on a Sunday morning. My goodness, that was a, that was a lot of covering. But we learned a lot. Actually, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, we had 30 sermons. I remember one sermon we just covered, we just talked about Saul went to Tarsus. Okay, I believe it was in Acts 13. And we just covered that one verse at that time because it was, it was a very, very powerful verse. So we stayed on that. But other than that, we would cover one whole sermon, one whole chapter. The last uh, uh, sermon that I had was entitled Acts 29, which meant that the book of Acts is still being written. And according to Scripture, it really is. Uh, I mean, Victor is a part of it. The book of Acts is still being written on even in today until Jesus comes. Okay, so that was Acts 29. That was my final sermon on the series of the book of Acts. Okay? But when we covered Acts chapter 6, I remember when we get to it, and it has to do a lot with, with race, right, uh, excuse me, right, having, uh, regarding race and bias. The issue of race and bias has been around as long as man. Uh, and a lot of times you get that. You know, well, Victor is only for Chicanos. Well, yeah, what's a Chicano? Uh, or commit your just for this, or just for drug addict. What a liar. Huh? Uh, but a lot of times, I've told you before, the devil is a liar. Big time. And many people, especially when you're not mature enough, you, you go for the fried ice cream with chopsticks. Uh, I've told you time and again, and I'm your pastor. I'm trying to school you, trying to get you ready. The devil is faithful. Why? He makes every service. Some of you have trouble just coming one Sunday a month, you know what I mean? 
Ah, the devil's more faithful than most people. He's here. He's waiting for you the minute you come in. Blah, 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 blah. Weedy, weedy, weedy. He shows you all the mistakes. Uh, I mean, he's quite a prophet, he tries to be. And he tries to bring in all these different things to mess with you and lie to you. That the devil's a liar. He's a father of all lies. Matter of fact, the portion of scripture that I read to you right now, some of you thought that what was, what the article that came out on Sunday was something new. Look over there. It happened many times back then. It's been happening as early as the church has been around. The devil is a liar. And you've got to know your opposition. I want to finish your sermon. I just finished it right now. I, had, I was waiting, waiting, waiting. I was upstairs, and I didn't quite have the ending. I was waiting and praying, and boom, I got it. Uh, okay, it's going to end. Ooh, close the doors. One of them endings, probably. You know what I mean? Uh, but I got to do what God has given me. Because Christianity is a number of things. Uh, there's a number of illustrations used for Christianity, but one of them is warfare. You're in the army now. Uh, you are. But some people, they always put their guard down. Love, 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 love. You're supposed to love me and I love you and know how happy we will be. Well, love is a big, big tool in God's arsenal. But it's still warfare. Love is, is, is more than a tool. Love is a weapon. I said it before. Many men come into our home possessed. Don't tell them. Okay. I know because that's where I came. Uh, I mean, I was possessed by the demon of drugs. Many, and then people say, you know, they say, ooh, call Eva, you know. The demon busters, let's, let's call some of these guys to go get them, you know. All I tell the guys, listen, just love them, man, and watch what will happen. Love covers them all through says, Love will deliver. Love is powerful, but we're in an army, and we need to understand that. So here they have to deal with the issue of race being a problem. We're dealing with the Hellenistic Jews, the Jews that were, were foreign Jews, that were outside of Jerusalem, versus the Jews that were homegrown, hometown Jews. Uh, Jews from Jerusalem, homie. Uh, see, the red and the blue been around a long time. You didn't know that. I call this stuff. Uh, what happened is when God began to move in the early church, they, you know, they said, listen, you've got to stay in Jerusalem. You've got to stay here. And so the, 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 the foreign Jews agreed to that. We got to stay here in the hub. Here's where, where God is moving. They didn't want to go back home. They, they wanted to stay. But what was happening is the people that, that had it made in the shade with lemonade were not giving it up. This is my lemonade. Uh, and they weren't supposed to do that. You had men like Barnabas sold everything. Their houses, everything, gave it up. You had a lot of good men. But some other people were being... Uh, <laughs> and they weren't doing it. So there was a problem arising. And so the issue of prejudice came up. What's happening here? So they said, hey, you know what? What we need to do is we need to elect seven men full of the Holy Ghost that are not biased, that are not prejudiced, uh, that, that you guys, among yourselves, you choose, that is able to be involved with the distribution of the food, that we can give ourselves fully to the study of the word and to prayer. Okay, so, if, you know, if this issue hadn't been dealt with, there could have been some serious problems going on in the early church, Okay. See, but God is always into unity. And these two groups of people, and I was studying here before, that they fiercely used to hate each other. They fiercely hated each other. But they got saved. That, doesn't it sound like today? Really? I mean, you get kind of, I belong to this gang. Well, I was from this gang. Well, I was, I'm black and you're white and we're not right and, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, all those things. But then God saves you. God touches you. But then sometimes those problems have a way of resurfacing. Why? Because we're in warfare. Because there's a devil. 
and he wants to divide. And he tries to, so this happened over here. And that's what the enemy was trying to do. He does anything to divide and stop the church from going on. So the early church, the Bible says they got more organizational. They got more administrative. Okay, and this always precedes growth. By the way, next Thursday we're having a committee where we're developing three new committees. A number of you are involved in these committees. Some of you, you received my letter. I, I sent it out before I went out to, uh, to India. And we're going to copy the mother church. We're going to copy what's happening down in, in Southern California. They're doing that in a, in a big structure. I want to do it in a smaller structure, but I know it's going to work. Because every time before growth comes, there's always organization. There's always administration. And we got to do that. And that's what was happening here. See, the apostles didn't want to get sidetracked from, you know, studying the word of her prayer. So the apostles had people choose seven men who would do the work of waiting on tables. Sort of like our lay ministers. You know how we have ministers and we have lay ministers? That's what it was like. Uh, and they were waiting on tables. Sometimes we think, oh man, all they're going to do is wait on tables, man. What a bummer. No! Not when it comes to ministry. I mean, can you ask some of these lay ministers that we pick, uh, you know, that we bring in here? Uh, no, no, no. There's more to, to uh, ministry than just waiting on tables. You're always going to be doing involved in ministry. It's just, it's just the next step. It's then another step. Then another step. In Christianity. So that's what it was with these guys. They were being called up into lay ministry. And as the people begin to kick around names, and, who, who do you think is going to get elected? Well, who, do you, who are you going to vote for? Ooh, well, I don't know. Why don't you invite me over? You can win my vote. Uh, politics? Hallelujah. I don't think so. Not too much here. All right, not too much here. What they did, I, I believe everybody would bring up different names, but I believe the name Stephen began to serve us. Because when God... Whenever they have names here in the Word of God, whenever they name first name, second name, there's always a reason to it. And even before Philip, the evangelist, the great evangelist, they elected Stephen. He was the number one man. He had the unanimous vote. Stephen. Okay? A fine, full, well-rounded name. I like that name. He was halfway home with that name. Uh, well-rounded fellow over there. Oh, 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 well-rounded. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you don't know who I am, that's my name, Stephen. Hallelujah. Huh? <laughs> See, no doubt many names were passed around. But the person who came up on top was Stephen. Okay? And tonight we're going to look at and we're going to dissect his life a little bit here. See, the thing is that while a better portion of two chapters is devoted to the life of Stephen, we really only encounter one day in the life of of this guy. He only, there's two chapters devoted to him, chapter 6 and 7 of Acts, but it's a process of one day. Can you imagine? Just one day in this man's life is covered in God's word. And then it's over. And his life is over. Uh, now, I believe, you know, like I said, Philip the evangelist goes on and does a great number of powerful things for the Lord. But I believe Stephen, had he lived on, he probably would have done more than, the, than Philip the evangelist because he was named first. He was a top choice. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see it at the end, but I'll, let me take you to the end of the sermon real quick. Uh, and then I'll, then I'll come back. But I believe he would have been above the Apostle Paul. I think so. In one day, we're able to see a lot about those guys. We're going to see all kinds right now. What a guy. Whoo. Uh, this guy was one. I mean, matter of fact, when, and we're going to read the scriptures at the end, when he dies, who happens to be there? Paul. Paul picked up on this guy. He was like a peer to Paul. Paul had heard about this guy. Uh, 
I believe Paul picked up a lot. And probably when Paul went on and did that, he, the things that he did, he saw, he said, listen, this Stephen could have been somebody. Stephen would have been able to do all this. That's the reason why I'm going to go on. See, my friend, under persecution, under suffering, is when we can do the most evangelism and be the most evangelistic. When people are watching you, when people are checking you out, when people are reading about you in the paper. They're checking you out. Ah, that's when we can have the most and be the most evangelistic. Uh, they were checking this guy, Stephen's life out. And I believe the Apostle Paul, he received power. He received, you know, a strength to go on. And says, if this guy could do it, I could do it. That's what happens. Uh, he was chosen above Philip. Yet his life, within the pages of the Bible, you know, covers but one brief day. Years ago, there was a secular song talking about, it seems the good they die young. Anybody here? See my old friend Stephen. Uh, seems he's uh, talking about you know Martin Luther King and uh, all these guys that die young. Uh, you just look around and they're gone. That seems to always be the case. Same thing here with with with, with Stephen. He could have done so much, but yet God chose him to do one thing. But Luke, who writes the book of Acts, Luke seems to have a very high and a very noble regard for this young man. He was a young man. He was up and coming. He was not one of the apostles yet. He was a young man. And Luke seems to, to, you know, to leave us with a powerful, wishful thought that if only Stephen had been around longer, what a ministry he could have had. You can see that in the, in the pages of the book of Acts, in those two chapters, when Luke writes about Stephen, he says, man, if this guy would have only been around, we could really use him. And I've said that several times about some of our guys that, are, that have died in, in the ministry. You know, uh, most of you don't know this, but I mean, Stephen was named after Stephen Eugene, after a guy named Eugene Rodriguez, who died young. He started the Boys Ranch. And then Sam Arzola, who led me to the Lord. Some of you don't know that name, but I was preaching about him in India, so they know about him in India. So I may as well know about him in, in Hayward. But Sam Arzola, who was Gloria de la O's half-brother, led me to the Lord. Uh, he died young. A number of individuals died young. Eugene's son. Ah. Uh, uh, what was his name, Josie? Luigi. The day before he was supposed to get married, died young. But if they would have only been around, you never know. A lot of times I get like, man, if only Sam was here, if only Eugene was here. Uh, but God chose him and used him at a young age. Uh, see, just in this one day and two chapters regarding Stephen's life is more than enough. It's more than enough. See, the word that Luke, in writing the book of Acts, the word that he seems to use most in describing Stephen's life is the word full. Okay, full. Now, there are a number of people who you could also use the word full to describe their lives. But what they are full of, you, you don't want to use. Full of themselves. A lot of people full of themselves. How about me, brother? Hey, how about me? People are full of themselves. Some of them are full of deceit, full of lies, full of, I wrote down here, camel droppings. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm being biblical here. I'm being biblical. Uh, that's what a lot of people, you don't want to use some of these things that they're full of. Uh, but when Luke uses the word full to describe Stephen, he is saying that Stephen is a well-rounded, young, wholesome, whole kind of a guy. Not half-hearted. Uh, not half-baked. No, 
You know, not half this and a quarter of that and an eighth of that. No. Stephen is neither double-minded nor double-tongued. He's not half-baked. He's not one-sided. No. He's full. He's a total man. He's a total guy. Well-rounded. Full. Ah. Not just a little piece of that and a little bit of that. No. But full of what? Well, the first quality that Luke uses to describe Stephen is a young man full of faith. That's what he says here in God's word. The first thing that he had was he was a man, a young man, full of faith. Now, I preached the other day in, in Vallejo talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, regarding Peter and the life of Peter. And how he was able to preach boldly because he was full, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and when you're filled, my friend, I mean, so much good stuff can happen. And I talked about how, you know, many times in somebody's house when, when it's cold and you've got the heater on in one room. That's full of heat. But when you go to the other room, it's cold. So you run back to the other room. Why? Because it's full of heat. It's full of good stuff. But some people are like that. We're not, you know, we're not all full of good stuff. Sometimes people are messaging, they see us and we're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Or we're not filled. So they run back to a guy that's full of the Holy Ghost. They want to be around that person. Uh, well, that's the way Stephen was. Okay? That was one of the fine qualities of Stephen. Full, 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 totally. Being able to be a blessing of faith. In other words, Stephen wasn't timid. He wasn't weak. And he was with... In other words, he had a backbone when it came to the issue regarding faith. Okay? He didn't have a, a sickly, you know, just a handful of faith. No, he was full of faith. Uh, Stephen was straight up full of faith. Whenever doubt, whenever fear would come knocking at his door, because doubt and fear... Are going to knock upon everybody's door. Doubt and fear are better than the Mormons. Yeah, they'll come. Uh, and so when doubt and fear come knocking, because they're going to come knocking at your door. Uh, when they came to, to Stephen's door, hey, here comes out. He goes, he says, sorry, I ain't got no room here. I got a better guess, faith. Faith is living in my place. You want to see him? No, 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 no. I'll see you later. Uh, this guy was not double-minded. He, he, he had faith to spare. He had faith galore. Uh, there's no room or space uh, for doubt. Faith was staying at his house. Faith was, was, was one of his guests. The Bible says without faith you cannot please God. So you just know that Stephen was one of God's good pleasures. He was one of God's good treasures because he was full of faith. He pleased God. Without faith, you can't please God. But if you have faith, that means you please God. Uh, he was a very pleasurable kind of soul to God. Uh, and not only can we see that Stephen had much faith with God, but also in men. Okay, I mean, in other words, how can we know that, that Stephen, okay, trusted other people? How do we know that? It's a big word called reciprocation. Uh, Matter of fact, let me go back a little bit here before I get to having faith with men. Having faith with God. Listen, it's important that you, you cultivate your faith with God. I've told you before. I'm not speaking right now from experience. By and large, because I know my gifts. And one of my gifts is faith. I doubt sometimes for about not even a, a hundredth of a second. But I, I have my doubts. Sometimes, but pull my car, I kill him right away. Uh, but when you start entertaining doubts and fears and all that stuff, come on. Hit it with faith. Say, you know what, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, and then what do we say about the girls? As for me and my blouse, 
Uh, you, come on, guys. We're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to stay faithful over here. Hallelujah. You've got to attack that fear. Attack that doubt when it comes right away. Uh, have faith in God. Them that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Them that diligently seek him. Period. Uh, otherwise, man, the devil gets a foothold, toehold with you. He's always going to be messing with you. Have that faith. And then also, not only did he have faith in God, but he had faith in people because he trusted others. How do we know he trusted others? Reciprocation. In other words, the people believed in him. They voted him number one. People trusted him. Why did people trust him? Because he trusted people. Huh? And man, I don't think there's that much of a greater leader than a leader that will trust in other people. Uh, that's a leader. When they trust in you. You mean, you mean you believe that I can do this job? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You mean you're going you're gonna to put me in, in charge of the, the toilets? Yes, I will. You're going to be the PLO, permanent latrine orderly. That's you. Uh, you're going to take your latrino. I, I have faith that you're going to have them sparkling all the time. Uh, smelling like a rose. Hallelujah. Uh, I mean, he believed in people. He trusted in people. Uh, see, Stephen had developed a great reputation within the early church and their community because he had no doubt come to believe in the, in the people, in the community. They believed in him and they chose him because somehow he himself had trusted and believed in them. Uh, see, it's, it's a lot like, like the article some of you guys read and talked about Pastor Sonny, this and that. Man, if there's ever been anybody in this planet that has trusted people, it's him. Especially people like us, by and large. Uh, that most people wouldn't give us a time of day. Uh, and they said, he has a Rolex. He has a BMW. He has, ah, uh, this is the house with the swimming pool. Okay, there. A boat, 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 boat. We bought him all that. We bought him. Why? Because, because we love him. It's reciprocation. I mean, he's trusted. They don't understand. They didn't even write about it. They didn't, they didn't mention that. Uh, but we bought him all that stuff, poor guy. <laughs> you know? He didn't really, he didn't ask for it. I remember because I've been there most of the times so when we've decided to do all that stuff for him. But it's love. Because he, why? He has trusted people. Uh, people that nobody else would trust by and large. Uh, and, and that's the way Stephen was. He trusted people, so people trusted him. Uh, that's, I, mean, I, I believe that's a sign of a great, great leader. When he says, you know what? You can do it. Uh, you can do it! Uh, when somebody begins to trust you, they say, wow. But doesn't that get you going when they say, you know what, uh, Sonny Harkins only believes in you. He wants, wow, he does? Yes, uh, so-and-so, Pastor Steve believes in you. He does, yes. And I want you to know something. I do, I believe in you. I believe in you. I mean, I believe this church is going to go places, not just to heaven. But we're going to, you know, we're going to do some stuff on the way there. Uh, that's the way Stephen was. Uh, see, faith begets faith. Love begets love. Ah. Uh, See, again, I think that's one of the greatest qualities of a leader. When a leader believes in you, doesn't it just push you on? Doesn't it just want to make you, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could do it. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, that's, that's the kind of motivation that young Stephen had. Then, the Bible says not only did he, was he a man full of faith, but he was a young man full of wisdom as well. See, Jesus said in the Gospels that the children of light, excuse me, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. In other words, you and I. But not so with Stephen. Not so. This guy stood out. 
He was that rare breed of people who dream and have visions, yet, my friends, they balance those visions and those dreams with an intellectual mind. He had wisdom. Uh, you call it level-headed. Whenever a person who was on the go and who was in the know regarding ministry, whenever they needed counsel or direction, all roads led to young Stephen because he was full of wisdom. He had counsel. Uh, he could give people direction. What do you think Stephen would do? Let's ask Stephen. Is Stephen around? When's he going to get home? If Stephen agrees, uh, if he thinks it's okay, then I'll do it. That's the kind of things that were being said about Stephen. If Stephen thinks it's okay, you know what? Then, then, then I think I'm going to go for it. Then I think I'm going to do it. He was a man that had counsel. Uh, a man full of wisdom. Full of faith, full of wisdom. And then the Bible says, full of power. Uh, this is what the Bible says, full of power. See, he seems to be the kind of guy that wherever he went, things took place. Pow! Explosions. Changes for the good would occur. Look at chapter 6, verse 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. Good things happened wherever he was around. It says, but they could not stand up against his what? Wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Oh, 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 oh. Say you want a revolution. Oh, oh, oh. This guy brought on, I mean, he was, he was, he, forget Kirk. Kirk Franklin's writing a song about this dude. I mean, everywhere he went, revolution happened. Uh, say you want a revolution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy was dunamis, hallelujah. He was, he was an explosive kind of a kid, young man. Those are the kind of guys we want, what I'm trying to say here. Young guys, young ladies that'll come in, and even older folks, hallelujah, full of wisdom, full of faith, and full of power. Uh, whenever they go, boom, explosion happens. It doesn't have to be real, real, you know, you know big and visible and, you know, audible. And just, you know, you go there, and when you leave, you know, it feels, where's brother so-and-so? I wish he was here. We miss him because things happen whenever these kind of people are around. Ah, uh, he was full of power from on high. Dunamis. This guy was a spiritual H-bomb. That's what he was. Uh, Stephen was a real spiritual marine. The few, the loud, the bold. Not the proud, hallelujah. The loud. You know, it's hard to say that, but full of power is not the type of ministers that many of us see today. Uh, as a whole, as a whole. Maybe full of eloquence. We have a lot of people full of eloquence. Full of education, full of learning, full of technique, full of style. But not enough full of power kind of people. We need these kind of people. Full of power. See, the phrase full of power is ever so needed in our day and age. Both from the pulpit to the pew. Not just here, but there as well. We need some powerful, powerful men and women of God. See, Stephen brought about change. Okay, an explosion. Everywhere he went because he was full of power. He was a force the devil had to reckon with. Then fourthly, the Bible says Stephen was also full of grace. That's what it says. Okay, this has to do with charisma. This guy was, was magnetic. What a, what a guy. He was full of grace. Full of charisma. Very, very magnetic kind of a guy. Uh, the kind of guy that others want to be like. That's what he was. What it be like, cuz? Like me. Uh, he, this is kind of, I mean, you ever seen those kind of guys? You, you want to be like them. Everyone, they go, man, uh, you know, man, uh, I wish I was like this guy. I wish, and you can be like that because you're going to see it at the end. 
I don't want to get to the end of my sermon yet. Hallelujah. I just got a few more hours. Praise God. Uh, see, grace has to do with the word helpful and thankful. Grace. Gracias. You ever see that? Gracias. Grace. In other words, Stephen was the kind of guy that wherever he went, things were better. Just because he was a grace, magnetic, charismatic, things were better. Uh, that's why really it is important that Pastor Sonny does travel all over the world. I'll tell you that. Because Pastor Sonny is a lot like this guy here. And we have other guys up and coming and doing the same thing. It's good when these guys go. I mean, to tell you the truth, whenever I go to Manila, they remember some of you guys. Matter of fact, they remember almost all of you. They really do. Uh, and that's saying a whole lot for this church. Saying a whole lot for some of you. They, they remember you guys. Because you're, you're sitting under teachings like this. You're, you're, you're receiving the word of God and you're living it out. So whenever you go someplace, you make that place a, a better place. Uh, because of God's grace. He was full of the magnetism. Full of charisma. Uh, they make these, that, again, that's why it's so important that Pastor, because Pastor Sonny only got about 20, 20 more years on this planet, probably. 25, 26, 27, 28, the more, the more I got too, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, but when he goes, I mean, they can hardly wait for him to go there in India. They're waiting for him. Because something happens when he goes there. He just leaves, uh, you know, a, a presence there. People are able to say, man, wow, all right. Uh, and it's important that he does all these things. Matter of fact, the article says, and he travels around the world. How else are you going to get a world evangelistic ministry? <laughs> Boom, you know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, and I was telling before, I remember I was talking with Nikki years ago about this, Nikki Cruz. And uh, Nikki was saying, oh, my son, he, he, you know, because when we put on conventions, conferences, it does take moolah. Uh, but we pay for all the guys that are far away to come in. And Nikki was like, you know, Nikki, he understands he's a businessman. And they say, man, that's a lot of money to bring in the brother from Brazil, to bring in the brother from Chile, to bring in the now from India and from, you know. And so when I was with Sonny, I said, Sonny, I was talking to Nikki. And Nikki, you know, and he goes, ah, Steve, Steve, Steve. He says, don't worry about it. He says, Nikki doesn't understand what it is, what it takes to build a world-class ministry. Shh, don't say nothing. Don't give Nikki the tape. Hallelujah. Uh, but Sonny's involved in that. He knows what he's got to do. We've got to do these things. Bringing grace to a place. So Stephen was a gracious guy, okay? See, people that were hurting, when he came around, they forgot their pain. When Stephen was around, the helpless and the hopeless felt strangely lifted. Lifted up whenever this guy was around. Ooh, this is the kind of people we need. Whenever they're around, you, just, you don't want them to leave. Uh, because something happens. Uh, and really, you don't have to be all, you know, flamboyant. You don't have to be. You just got to be full of the Holy Ghost. You just got to walk in. And, and right away, you make the place better. Feel it, feel it. Oh, fear begins to leave. Uh, I mean, these are the kind of people you want coming, like when you, you, you've lost a loved one, you're going through grief or something. See, people seem to stop their hurting when a guy like this comes around. They're like, oh, praise God, he's here. You know, I know, I've seen guys just, they don't say nothing. They just come and they're just there. He'll just come as long as they're there. Uh, it makes it feel, ooh. You know, these are the kind of guys who, when they're home, you don't want them to graduate. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and that's really, that, that happens in the home. These kind of guys, oh, man. I think that's why God makes these kind of guys stay longer in the home. Uh, the guys that stay longer, these are the kind of guys that are going to end up like this. Guys and girls in the home. Hallelujah. Uh, but the secret to Stephen's success was that he was first full, the Bible says, of the Holy Ghost. Ah. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. The presence of the living God was inside this gifted young man. That's the key. The presence of Almighty God 
was living inside this young man. Stephen had rivers of living water, a perpetual well, if you will, that never runs dry. There is a river that flows from deep within. Ah, there is a river that cleanses us all from sin. Come to the waters. Something like that. That never shall run dry. Uh, that was the key. Uh, he had a perpetual well. Rivers of living water springing out of him. That's why he was... I mean, you know, like right now we're living in a gas crunch and stuff. I mean, you know, they, they burnt two refineries. They're messing with another one. And the gas prices are going up. But this guy, he never had to worry about being, you know, devalued or depreciated of the Holy Ghost. He had a well that never ran dry. Uh, and the same thing can apply to you and I. We don't have to worry about that when we, when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Uh, that's the reason why he could stay full. Full. His spiritual gas tank never needed to be on empty. And Jesus Christ can do the very same with you and I. With all of us. That's the reason why Stephen could be passing out bread. That's what he was doing. And when he was passing out bread, he was telling them about the real bread of life. You ever see those kind of guys? They're, they're, they're working, but, they're, but I, I have bread that you know not of. Uh, I got tortillas you know not of, bro. Uh, they always throw in that little that extra something. Uh, they always, you know, you know, what do you mean by that? You got some time, bro? Uh, see you at break over here. Uh, this is, he was always the kind of guy, because he was waiting on tables, the Bible says, he could be out passing out money. But all the while he was telling people about Hey, you can come and buy milk and you can come and buy wine like the Bible says. That has no price to it. That money, you don't need no money to, 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 to buy it. See, it turns out that while Stephen and the other six men, they were out working for the Lord waiting on tables, God turned them into great preachers, especially Stephen. You read his sermon there. My goodness, what a powerful sermon. Uh, I've been reading this thing all day. What a sermon this guy preached in those two chapters. I mean, he got down. He begins to say, dissect this and that. Takes him back all this history uh, of the Jewish people. You had to see the prince of Egypt to understand what he was talking about. Uh, he brings it all out. And he's getting down. And he's telling them because they're, they're messing with him. They want to, they you know, deal harshly with him. And he says, hey, my, you know, brothers and fathers and all that stuff, he says. And then he goes on shooting and starts preaching. And he, and he gets to them. And they're all mad because he didn't, you know, they, they persecuted Jesus. It is this same Jesus that, that you persecuted. He says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcision of the heart kind of people. What a way to end a sermon. Uh, he, comes, he messes with them. Finally, they could have it up to here. All of a sudden, they get him. They pull him out of Dodge. They stone him. They kill him. But they couldn't kill his vision. Bible says, as he was dying, he looked up. Uh, can I like his spirit? He says, Father, just like Jesus, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, hey, you know, they, they don't understand. Love them, save them. Uh, he, he had that forgiving spirit. But they couldn't kill him. He says, he saw the heavens open. And he saw the Son of Man, Jesus, standing. Standing at the right hand of the Father. That's the key. Standing. And we've learned from Scripture that, the Bible says, Jesus, what does he do? Sits at the right hand of the Father. Huh? He sits at the right hand of the Father. Why was Jesus standing? Because of somebody's commitment. See, commitment to Christ and the things of God, that gets Jesus' fancy. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you had Jesus stand? 
when you make a stand for Jesus. See, he got Jesus' attention. Matter of fact, that's the title of my sermon. Attention! Because he was a real soldier. You know, attention! That's how you get Jesus' attention. That's how you get him to salute you. When you commit yourself to something that you believe in. When you, when you, when you, I mean, this guy was unto death. Remember, I've told you before, there's a difference between until death and unto death. This guy was an unto death kind of a Christian. In other words, until death means whenever you're going to die. It is a point in the man wants to die, then judgment. Now, this guy had the attitude of not until death. If you have the attitude of until death, you'll always be trying to, ooh, ah. I don't want to go with Pastor Steve because I might die on the flight this time. I don't want to do this because maybe I'll die on this one. Or maybe I'm going to die over here. Or maybe I'm going to die over there. I wonder if I'm going to die if I'm going to drive home. I wonder if I'm going to die in my sleep. Until death. That's the until death attitude. I wonder when I'm going to die. No. Unto death says, hey, if I got to do it, it's all right. Unto death. Uh, if I got to, hey, unto death. I mean, every time I got to get on planes. I was flying this week on the 13th. And, and listen to this. And it was my 13th trip to the Orient. You don't think the devil lied to me? <laughs> it was my 13th trip. I'm coming home on the 13th. And I look at land, devil. Uh, but he lied. He'll try to say, oh, you know, oh, you know, looky, looky, do. Uh, this is it, the 13th. You, you're going to die. Yeah, right. Uh, but when you have an attitude of unto death, uh, so what? See, Stephen was the kind of person, the kind of preacher that no one, no one, no one could ignore. Couldn't ignore the guy. Uh, you had to make a choice. You either came to love him and greatly admire him or else you'd hate him enough to want blood. And that's what happened here. They killed him. Finally, when the Bible could, you know, when he calls them stiff-necked people, uncircumcised his heart, the Bible says the people killed him. But while they killed his body, again, they could not kill his vision. It says, Jesus stood. See, when you, that's how you get Jesus' attention. When you're willing to make a stand for him. And again, we're not playing games over here. Uh, to stand as your general uh, at a military, you know, gathering, you get his attention. To receive your honorable commitment. To receive your honorable stand. Uh, see, some of you people, you're, you're crying over a little article. Like, okay, because it makes you waver. Because there's, there's no faith. There's, it's fear. Over a little article. Uh, article of faith? No, it's not an article of faith. On my way over here, I just remembered something and I'd forgotten. I haven't told nobody. My, my, young, my middle daughter knows. Nobody else knows. When I got to India, I'm very interested in the, what's happening in Kosovo. The ethnic cleansing and all that stuff. So I've been watching a lot of CNN. Didn't have my wife there to watch, so I'm watching CNN. Uh, and as I'm watching it, they have a, they'll have a segment in Asia from CNN News from Asia. And I'm like, I want to trip out on what's happening there because there's a lot of things happening in, in the Orient, in, the, in Asia, and in the East. And it's always heading off the, the, the headlines was what's happening in, in, in Indonesia. Okay? Some of the pastors that have been here. Come to find out, no, they didn't attack Speed Plaza. 
They had attacked some other church. They're saying the Christians are attacking uh, 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 the, the Muslims. That's not true. That's what they're saying. Okay? But it's actually the other way around. And when I was watching the news, this lady was, she was the correspondent, she was doing the news, and she says, right now I'm traveling with these soldiers. They're looking for these other rebels, blah, blah, blah. And as we're passing right now, they said, there are four heads laying on the ground that have been chopped off. I said, ooh. I said, wow. When I was coming home, I called the pastor from Singapore. Okay? He's got a church of 8,000. He is currently in the United States, so his associate was going to pick me up. So I called him on the phone. And he says, well, we can't touch bases. There's not enough time. You can't get out to customs. And I was getting ready to hang up, and he says, oh, by the way. He said... Did you hear about the four people from Speed Plaza? I said, no, 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 what happened? He says, they were in the island of something like Asno or something like that. I forgot the name of it, but I remember listening to it a lot. They were on the island, and they got their heads chopped off for preaching the gospel. I mean, this thing is serious. We, we get all bent out of shape over a little article. These guys are giving up their lives for preaching the gospel. And then I begin to think, man, it has to be. I don't know yet. I'll find out by tomorrow. But it has to be some of those young people that I've been preaching to when I've gone there. And we've preached this. And it's serious. See, with us, we're over here in America, real nice and whatever. But it's warfare. We can have it worse than them. At least they know how tight the fight is. But us, we can be real lackadaisical and we can just let our guard down and, and all that stuff. No, them it's for real. And I'm thinking, man, when I preached to those kids, and it was four young men, they were serious about the gospel. They meant business. And, and my wife is a testimony to this. She knows they've, they've emailed me, they faxed me, and they've told me, Pastor Steve, your sermons touched us. And we've been going all over the provinces winning souls when you came to that pprg group that's like a gang group for them he says we we god touched us and we want to win as many souls as possible and it was four young people from speed plaza that had their heads chopped off and that was them i didn't even i didn't I, I didn't want to see the faces because when they were going by in the news this serious business it's warfare uh, and we need to understand that Stephen was a man full of faith, full of wisdom, full of power, full of grace. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. We need the very same power. We need the very same grace. And you're all entitled to it when you're full of the Holy Spirit. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. The Bible says that when they stoned Stephen, the Apostle Paul, who was still Saul then, was private to that. He was there. He witnessed it. He saw what was going on. But years later, he would get converted. Years later, they would stone him. And I believe when the Apostle Paul made it to heaven, Right after seeing Jesus, the next person he went to go see was Stephen. 
Stephen could have been the Apostle Paul. And I, I believe the Apostle Paul knew that. But he laid down his life to be a stepping stone for men like the Apostle Paul, like others to come after him. He was the leader of his day because it was full of the Holy Spirit. You want to be all God wants you to be? You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. Not just half-baked. Not just a third of this and a fourth of that. No, full. Total. Because every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God moving in ministry. I want to pray for those of you that are here tonight. You say, Brother Steve, this sermon has ministered to my life. It's challenged me. And I need to be full of God's Spirit. I need to let the abiding presence of God inside of me work its total work inside of me. I need to be full of faith, full of wisdom, full of power, and full of grace. If that's you here tonight, if every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving in ministry, and you want me to pray for you from all of those places, I'm going to ask you very quickly to simply slip out of your seat, make your way on this altar. I'm not going to have you raise hands, stand at your feet, I'm just going to simply open up the altars. If you need to come, I'm going to ask you quickly to step out of your seat and make your way down to this altar. And allow me the privilege to pray for you. God ministered to your life. He challenged your life in one form or another. You want me to pray for you. I'm going to ask you very quickly from all over this place to slip out of your seat. As every head is still bowed and you're right close, Spirit of God, move in ministry. And come and make your way down the altar. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. Anybody else, God, minister to your life. You want to be included in this prayer. And ask you very quickly to slip out of your seat and make your way into this altar. Give me the opportunity to pray for you. Hallelujah. So the counselors come and pray with these as well. We're going to need some counselors to come and pray them through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I know that we make altar calls to victory outreach almost every sermon. But this is not a ritual. Never has been, never will be. Just redundant over and over. This is where, by and large, and more often than not, where you, you, you show up and get very serious. These altar calls. Christianity is not a game. And truly, it's not for wimps. We know that, Jesus. Lord, I pray for this congregation, the people that make up this congregation, beautiful, wonderful people that you believe in, that I believe in, that our ministry believes in. Bless you for them, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just prepare them for life and ministry. Prepare them, Lord God, for all you have prepared for them. Empower them, equip them, anoint them for the task ahead. Jesus, I I pray for what's going on in our world, that we would not be dumb enough, Lord God, to believe that things will not affect us, that we're immune. No, we pray for the the refugees there in in Albania, Lord God, in Kosovo, Lord God. We pray for them, Jesus. Lord, let it affect our hearts. Let it affect our, our spirit, Jesus. Be with the soldiers that are there, Lord God. Touch that, that general, Lord God, Melissa, whatever his name is, Jesus. Touch him, Jesus. 
is pride. Only going to kill more people. Spare them, Jesus. Send warriors of your word, missionaries there. And on into the affairs and going on there in, in Indonesia, Lord Jesus, of the Christians and the Muslims, Jesus, and the warfare that is happening there. Be with Speed Plaza, Lord God, and the other churches, Lord God, that are there, that are raising up your bloodstained banner. Protect them, watch over them, anoint them, and use them. We know that many times there's young people full of the Holy Ghost that people either love or love to hate. That's just the way it is, Jesus. We understand that. I pray for the families of the four people that were lost there, Jesus. And I pray, knowing how those young people are, that you would raise up more young people to take their place. That you would pour love out into that island, Lord Jesus, where that, that warfare is taking place. I pray for India, Jesus. Oh, such a needy, needy area, Lord God. The whole Asia, Jesus. Full of so many small gods, Jesus. You are God. You are Lord. Move there, I pray. And now here at home, Jesus, be with us. Be with this church, Lord God. Let it dis- display its maturity. Let it, Lord God, live out its maturity, I pray. And I ask it in Jesus' holy name, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Anoint our church for the task ahead, Lord God. Let us fully understand, Lord God, and be aware of the warfare we must constantly and continually be involved in. That we would not be, Lord God, uh, taken in by the lies of the enemy. Devil, you're a liar. We bind all oppressing, suppressing, depressing, deceptive forces upon every individual here at this altar. In Jesus' name, sprinkle the blood of Christ upon every individual here, Lord. I ask it in your name, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Let them be filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Filled with your power, Jesus. Filled, Lord Jesus. Bind the flesh, Lord Jesus. And fill them with your power. Let them go forward with power and might, Lord God. Let them, Lord God, display it, Lord Jesus. Especially tomorrow at the movie, Lord God, to win souls, Lord God. Throughout this week, Lord God. Lord, be with our young people, Lord God. Be with our lay people, Lord God. This was Stephen, Lord God, the the head of his class. The choice spiritual specimen of his day. And yet, Lord God, seen the good they die young what could have been but Lord just that one day was enough he was a stepping stone for the early church to go on I thank you for Sam Marazolas I thank you for Eugene Rodriguez stepping stones in our ministries Lord God thank you Jesus hallelujah unto death bless you Jesus bless the attitude of your saints make ways for them Lord God that no one can close these doors Lord God make make a way Lord God make a way Lord as we organize as we structure Lord as the early church did bring rapid growth as Dick Mills has prophesied Lord God last week Lord God and as your word has said on today rapid growth Lord let us obtain that building that church let us grow close Lord God hallelujah be able to obtain the building for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The rest of you, would you stand your feet, those in the audience, please. Thank you for bearing with us. Those of you here at the altar, don't feel like you got to move, let God have his way in your life. We're going to do a song here.
Hallelujah. If you can use anything, you can use me. Listening to that song, church.